Hey guys, and welcome. I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis. It's time for you to stop coasting through life, and it's time for you to find your purpose. It's time for you to create your fate. If you're loving this podcast and are ready to jumpstart your best life ever, my 90-day mindset makeover begins in January 2022. My three-month coaching program is completely virtual, and guess what? Registration is now open. Head over to www.letscreateyourfate.com or my Instagram page at Let's Create Your Fate to apply today. Any soda fans out there or for my Northeastern friends, any pop fans out there? You know, um, after being a dental hygienist for so many years and a fitness professional, I, I really do try not to drink too much soda. But I will say this. There's something about... 102 degree day in Houston in the middle of the summer that leads me to grab a really cold Diet Dr. Pepper at the checkout counter of HEB. Anybody else? And I, I probably do this, I don't know, six to 10 times a year. I drink a Diet Dr. Pepper. And I don't even know what it is about this particular soda that I love. But I recently found out that there are 23 flavors in Dr. Pepper. Did you know that? And even better news, right? I've recently found out too that three of the flavors are carrot, prune, and tomato. So winning, you know, that's healthy, right? This is great news. Anyway, the point of my story is, you know, I'll be checking out the grocery store. I grab one of those Diet Dr. Peppers in the counter. They always get me these little refrigerators. And, you know, they ask, hey, do you want your soda? I'll just throw it into my bag. So I toss it into my purse and then toss my purse into the car in the parking garage. And the purse is rolling all around the floor. By the time I get home, you know, I park my car, throw the purse over my shoulder get into my apartment, slam my purse down. should really take better care of my things. But, you know, I reach in for the Dr. Pepper and what happens? It explodes everywhere, every time. And this has happened countless times. You know, I really should have learned. But, um, you know, when I was thinking about this podcast topic of holding on to negative emotional energy, all I could think about was my poor little bottle of Diet Dr. Pepper. Do you ever feel like this? So rattled up inside, but you hold it in and you start to fizz up, but then the lid's still on. So the pressure just builds and builds and builds. And then you never let anything out. But oh man, when you do, boom, everywhere. And that imagery, that beautiful picture I just painted is what I will be referring to as an emotional purge. When you don't express your emotions and they just build and build and build. But at some point, they will come out. It could take days. It could take weeks, months. It could take years, but they will come out. Trust me. I've walked around feeling like a shaken up bottle of Diet Dr. Pepper for years, and I I didn't even know it. And you know what? You might be too. Do you know if you hold on to your emotions? Do you just push them down, ignoring them, thinking, hey, they'll go away on their own. It's not that big of a deal. It's not worth it to address them, or I don't want to appear weak. I just want to move on and be happy. Others need me to be there for them, so I'll just deal with me later. Any of those sound familiar? Maybe you do. Maybe maybe you do and you just don't realize that you're doing it, but something just feels off or restless or unpeaceful. And I've I've been there, y'all, many times over, and I see it all the time when I coach people. And each personality is different. But for me, it was the fact that I didn't want to face the sadness. That's hard for me. If I continued to live my life the normal, quote unquote, way, that what had made me sad 
would eventually get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and just go away on its own. And you know what happens? The literal exact opposite. But it doesn't have to be this way. What if you could learn how to face those scary emotions and instead of pushing them down, pushing them down, pushing them down, you let them out in a very positive and healthy way, right? We have to let these emotions out. We have to learn how to let them out. So, you know, you learn how to let them out so you don't feel trapped in your own body, in your own house, in your own life. You have to release them. And today, we'll start to figure out together how to do that. So say it out loud. I am ready to release my negative emotions. And today I'm actually going to expand on a personal story that I've mentioned in the past. It led me to pushing my emotions way down for years. And everything was, you know, seemingly okay until it really wasn't. And this is the story that I've I've mentioned. It's from 2010 when I dated a guy named Joe who was a Marine. I've never, absolutely never in my entire life been in love with someone in my entire life. He was 1000% my soulmate and we'd actually grown up together in the church. He was my very first kiss. We were outside at the camp or something, but you know, as we got older, we went our separate ways. I went to college and he went to the Marines and we reconnected years later. And we had this connection to this day, like something I have never known. And, and we fell in love. And he ended up, you know, later on getting deployed to Afghanistan. And he got deployed in, it was April, and he was coming home in October. And the plan would be, you know, I would move out to San Diego. And we were going to get married. And we had it all planned out. You know, I moved home, didn't release my apartment and you know, we're waiting for him to come home in October. And at the end of June, his vehicle actually ran over a bomb and he never came back. And 23-year-old me did not handle this very well. I immediately began intense medication for depression and anxiety. And on top of that, I self-medicated with alcohol. A lot of it. I completely spiraled. I became a bad friend, bad family member. I couldn't think straight. I rebounded with men over and over. I couldn't be alone. And I eventually met and married the man who is now my ex-husband, so we can all see where that went. But, you know, I'm not giving excuses to anyone, but I carried that trauma around with me throughout my entire marriage. And, And honestly, if I look back, I don't even recognize that person. Did I look sad and depressed all the time? Absolutely not. I was happy. I was leading others, but I was numb. I swept my own emotions under the rug and thought, hey, if I don't bring attention or awareness to this, then they don't actually exist. I could carry on in my life and be just fine. And everything was fine until it wasn't. And I'm going to just fast forward here and just kind of skip over some things. But let's just say I ended up getting divorced and spiraling even more. One actual good thing that came out of this whole thing was the fact that I quit my nine to five. It was making me very unhappy and very unfulfilled. And I entered into full-time fitness. I was teaching spin for a national franchise, training the local market to be instructors. You know, and I did this for a few years. 
And then I eventually outgrew that role and decided to join SoulCycle, which if you're unfamiliar with SoulCycle, it's basically like the OG, like top indoor cycling company. And no, I'm not biased at all. (laughs) But anyway, it's very elite. And even the audition process is just crazy. You know, I think the year I auditioned or the time I auditioned, they do, I think at the time it was quarterly auditions before COVID, but quarterly auditions, 5,000 people applied. They auditioned around 500 people in about six or seven cities you know, nationwide and a little over 30 people passed. And if you pass the audition, then you actually move to New York for a few months and you begin training. And this training is just crazy. Cycling for hours, hours and hours, hours throughout the day. And, you know, you're teaching to everybody else in the training group and it's very intense. So, you know, fast forward, it's 2019. I auditioned for SoulCycle. I moved to New York to train. And one of the days that I was there a few weeks into training, I just started sweating. I'm talking like profusely sweating. I mean, I've always been like a sweater, but, you know, I'm not one of those people who looks beautiful while they work out. You know, those people. Yeah, I'm not one of them. But, you know, I'm talking about like I could not stop sweating puddles on the floor sweating. And I have never done that. I've never. I've been teaching spin for years at this point. It was summer, sure, but I was also coming from Houston. So it was actually kind of a nice break from the heat. And I mean, like sweating. Oh, it was it was insane. So, you know, while I'm staying there, I'm, I'm bouncing around. I'm staying between some friend's house who lived in the city and, you know, staying with different friends. So I on this one Friday, I remember I had my weekend bag with me because I was going to stay with my one other best friend. And thankfully, I had this weekend bag with me because training ends. You know, I shower. I walk two blocks to the subway, hop on the sea, walk two blocks, meet my friend. She actually wasn't there yet, but her her boyfriend, now husband, but boyfriend at the time was there. And he's he's standing there with his coworker who I've never met. And so I walk into this restaurant, like literally after walking four blocks, and I was completely drenched absolutely soaked. I was so sweaty that when I arrived, all frantic, like, oh my gosh, why am I like so sweaty? Why am I covered in sweat? I must have looked completely defeated because my friend's boyfriend's coworker, who I'd never met, he was literally just staring at me. And it was something out of a movie. He like doesn't take his eyes off me, but he just reaches his hand over and slowly reaches for a pile of paper towels and just like hands them to me without saying anything. And, you know, thankfully I could change into other clothes, but man, whoo. So it gets weirder. Are you ready for this? The exact same day I started sweating profusely, I also started crying uncontrollably. And if you knew me at the time, I was not a crier. I have never been a crier. You know, I I grew up learning to push emotions down and that's just where you kept them, you know? I had too much pride really to show anybody my tears. And and honestly, whenever I would cry, I would feel silly afterwards. So not a crier, but I digress. The same day I started sweating, I could not stop crying. I would get feedback from the trainers, start crying. Somebody else would get feedback. I would start crying. Subway, crying. Walking down the streets, crying. I would wake up in the middle of the night, crying, And I had no idea what was going on. I wasn't even sad about anything. I mean, nothing big that I could even think about that would have triggered any type of tears. 
So here I am completely out of control, crying and sweating nonstop. And this goes on for a bit. You know, I, I think I'm taking like four showers a day at this point. And do you know how hard it is to do that kind of laundry in New York City? It, it's a mess, right? But you want to know the really weird part? One day, they just stopped. After nine straight days, I stopped sweating and crying on the same day. I was like, done. And I don't even know how to explain it. It was just done. So if you're still like, okay, this is not strange, buckle up. So I get home from training a few weeks later. I'm back in Houston and everything is back to normal. I'm teaching at Seoul. I was also teaching Legree at the time, which is like Pilates. And I, I did that for a few years. There's this one girl, Casey, who takes my class and she is also a tarot card reader. So we're talking after class one day and she's like, girl, you got to come in and get your cards read. And I had never done anything like that before. So I decided to do it. And a few weeks you know, later, I go over to her place and her place is like crazy decked out and all this cool, witchy, really eclectic stuff. And she's doing a natal chart reading, which is basically like reading your astrology signs. And, you know, then we do this tarot card reading. And during the natal reading, she's telling me a little bit about where the planets are and what's going to be good timing for me for this and that. And I'm sharing a little bit about my future plans and a little bit about my past. And I ended up telling her about Joe, which, you know, the situation that had happened when I was 23. So, you know, we go into this tarot card reading and it revealed a bunch of stuff. But the second card I drew was the nine of cups and the cups were inverted. So upside down. And she goes on to tell me that I am about to or have recently experienced a purge. And this is going to be absolutely necessary for all these other great things that are about to happen to happen. You have to have this purge. And I'm like, back it up. What's a purge? Like the movie? Because that doesn't sound fun. And she's like, no, like a purge. Like we as humans, we're made of water and light. And basically explains that sometimes our energetic light tubes get clogged. I know this sounds weird, y'all, but stick with me. Hear me out. Hear me out. Our energetic light tubes get clogged. And then in order to unclog them, you need to purge. Where you will have water literally needing to leave your body. And that likely that you're not going to be able to control it. Now you think it's weird, don't you? Mm-hmm. Just wait. So I'm like freaking out over here saying like, Casey, I literally just had this purge. And I tell her all about New York, how I sweat and I cried for nine days straight. And then one day it just magically stopped. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You're telling me that you just purged for nine days straight and Joe died nine years ago. Talk about a much needed purge. For nine years, I refused to acknowledge the pain of a traumatic death. I didn't at all let myself properly and fully grieve the man that I loved or the life that we would have had together because, you know, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to deal with it. And I didn't want to deal with more continued pain of grief after the initial pain of trauma. So I stuffed it down and I, I did not let the pain live. And just because you ignore something doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you hide something away, locked up and stuffed way, way, way down, it doesn't mean that it's gone. It will resurface. And until it does, it will affect you whether you know it or not. 
And and I'm not telling you that I was sad or that I lived a horrible life for nine years after Joe died. In, in fact, most people, especially when I moved to Texas, they had no idea because I was happy, at least on the outside. But what happens is that instability of unprocessed emotions creates a really, really rocky foundation for everything else. I know it did to me. Little things would set me off, little tiny things like traffic. And I would literally have to pull my car over to the side of the road and just scream at the top of my lungs. And I didn't know why. Or maybe I did, but I just didn't want to acknowledge it. And I took that unprocessed trauma and grief and I carried it with me into my friendships, into my marriage. And that's exactly what happens. We carry it around this emotional baggage. And guess what? It's heavy. It affects the way we think about ourselves, how reactive we are to stressful things in our lives. It affects our relationships with others. And it can even literally physically manifest, really, you know, in our posture and our health and everything. So, you know, what can you do if it's emotional baggage? Well, we have to unpack. And in order to unpack, Let's just start to think about, you know, why we pack up this big suitcase of emotional baggage and take it everywhere with us in the first place. Why do we do this? Where does it come from? Why do we force these emotions and feelings to go deep down rather than addressing them? I don't know about you, but parenting might be a little different now, but I grew up in the era of, hey, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. I know somebody out there feels that. (laughs) My family didn't talk about feelings at all. Very loving, very happy home, but feelings? Nah. And, you know, sometimes we grow up in this environment where little or no room is given to experience and express emotions. And perhaps you learned at an early age that emotions are wrong or they're shameful or they're weak. And maybe you were raised by someone who never expressed or validated negative emotions. What happens is we take these negative feelings because they don't go away. We take these negative feelings into adulthood and feel like we don't have an opportunity to express them, right? We feel ashamed, invalidated, embarrassed, weak. So what happens? We keep them in. We internalize our feelings and we take these behaviors with us. And unless we spend some serious time bringing awareness to some of these habits, we can stay stuck in these ways forever, But thankfully, that's not our only choice. And one of my favorite people in the world who is one of my mentors, she's my life coach, Dr. Susan, she's been on my podcast. She definitely will be again. But she said something once and it really stuck with me. And she said, if you don't let something live, it can never die. If you don't process the emotion and give it life, it will never die. And you will carry that around with you forever. If you're like thinking, hey, I think I might be doing this, but I'm not really sure if I am. Like, how do I start to unpack? Let's back it up. How do you know if you're repressing your emotions at all? And I'm going to quote positive psychology on this one, but repressing emotions can affect your patterns of thinking. Maybe we'll see if any of these apply to you. You believe negative emotions are something bad, weak, or embarrassing, or should not be expressed. You believe that you never struggle with negative emotions and describe yourself as feeling fine. Repressing emotions can affect your behaviors with yourself. You ignore and avoid negative thoughts, negative emotions, and you actually distract yourself from them. Or you find yourself at times erupting because of these built up emotions, you know, that, that Dr. Pepper. Repressing emotions can affect your behaviors 
with others. You generally do not like to be asked how you feel. You feel uncomfortable with and struggle to tolerate people who are emotional and put up a positive front to others. Talking to myself here. <laughs> but, you know, you might be thinking, yeah, I, I think I have some of these unprocessed emotions. What do I do now? And the good news is here, there's plenty of things that you can do and you don't have to do this alone. You can unpack by getting to know how your emotions feel in your body, right? Anxiety, muscle tension, defeated posture, the pit in your, in your stomach, fatigue. These are all signs that your body has given you that, hey, something is not okay. And if these feelings are repeated, just start to become aware of them. And then you ask, okay, what's triggering them? And then can you look for any patterns? Because if you notice a pattern, then you can take preventative action. Example, here's one. And this is a small example, but you have to speak in front of a group at work or on a call and you're feeling really anxious. Rather than pushing that down, you take one to two minutes to meditate or give yourself a little pep talk in the mirror or even just take a few big deep breaths before the call just to center yourself. You can unpack by understanding that negative emotions are actually not bad things. It's not a sign of weakness. And they're temporary. But the longer you hold on to them, the less temporary they are. So instead of ignoring a bad feeling, give it life. You can ask yourself, why do you feel this way? You know, like a little check-in. I like to ask why a few times because typically the first why is something superficial and especially if you're new to this, you might need to dig a little deeper just to figure out, like, where's this why coming from? So example, I'm feeling sad. Why? Because I didn't get what I wanted. Why? Because I feel like I never get what I want. Why? Because someone is always better than me. Boom. That's what we need to start bringing attention to. And that's what we need to begin to heal. And, and you could have asked why probably three or four more times, but you, you kind of get the gist of it you sit with these, these emotions and you focus on identifying what are the triggers? What are these emotions trying to tell me? What is this indicating that I need right now? And, and once you can honestly assess what you need, you can begin to take action. Because once you can honestly assess what you need, you can begin to take action. Sometimes it's something as simple as meditation, yoga, a workout class, moving your body, doing something that you love, being in nature. And sometimes you might need a little something more, like talking to a friend, a sibling, your parent, someone who you trust, who will help you and who will listen. And sometimes for bigger issues, you know, it's just being open to maybe talking to a therapist or a licensed professional who can help you acknowledge these feelings and navigate them and begin to process them. And I promise you, I promise you, there is no shame in asking for help for this and you will feel better. You know, I carried my emotional pain around, my emotional baggage for nine years, nine years of walking around like a bottle of shaken up Dr. Pepper that was ready to explode at any moment. And I did a couple of times. And, and you better believe that that affected my relationships, my relationship with my friends, my marriage, my relationship with myself. You can unpack and pack these things. You are strong enough. You are. You deserve to unpack and you deserve to be the absolute best version of yourself. I believe you can create your life and I believe that you can create your fate. To connect with more thoughts and inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Let's Create Your Fate 
online at letscreateyourfate.com. If you love, love, love this episode, please, please, please subscribe, send it to a friend, write a review. That would help me so much as a new podcast. And that's all I got for you today. But if I could leave you with just one thing, it's this. Expect good things always, and they will happen. Thanks for joining me today. I'll talk to y'all soon.